A recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. And recovery is when Joe Biden loses his job. Because every minute that this administration goes on, you are getting poorer. Inflation is through the roof. Wages are stagnating, which may explain why rural Democrats are running away from their party affiliation and why the establishment media are furious at The Daily Wire for telling you the truth. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Lawnmower Man, who says, it's easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. A quote attributed to Mark Twain. This is true because to convince someone that they have been fooled, you have to weaken their pride <laughs> and you have to get them to admit that they got something wrong. Whereas to fool people, you don't need to do any of that. You can actually appeal to their pride, which is why so many people get duped. But you can't dupe all the people all the time, as, as we're learning right now. And the, the most tangible uh, way to see this is with the inflation Joe Biden says, oh, things are getting better. We're recovering. More, America's opening up again. But everything's way, way more expensive. And when inflation is a concern, you might want to invest in physical gold. Acre Gold will let you start investing in physical gold for as little as $30. Michael, you liar. Don't lie to me like all the establishment media have been lying to me. I'm not lying to you. But Michael, you say, Physical gold costs more than $30. I know, it does. Acre has figured out an ingenious way for you to start investing in physical gold. And the way is this. You subscribe to their gold bars. You pay $30 a month. When your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they will discreetly ship Acre Gold to your door. And then you're good. You've got a physical asset that tends to be a very good hedge on inflation, which is a very, very big concern right now. I have really enjoyed investing in physical precious metals, and I really enjoy investing in Acre Gold. Visit getacregold.com slash Knowles today. Start investing in physical gold. Make sure you go to that URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. If you want to win that gold bar, then you've got to tweet why you should be the recipient. Just post it out there. You got to mention at get underscore Acre. That is getacregold.com slash Knowles. And thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. Joe Biden's inflation. We call it Bidenflation. This is from a Washington Post reporter, Heather Long, just pointing out yesterday, here is a year-over-year change in prices. For car rentals, 87.7% up. Used cars, 45.2% up. Laundry machines, almost 30% up. Airfare, about 25% up, which I've noticed having been on the road for (laughs) the past few days. uh, Those things are way up. Uh, moving expenses, it's like when you need to flee New Salinas, California, is over 17% up. Hotels, about 17% up. Furniture, 8.6% up. I've noticed that too. Bacon, even just bacon, one of the great consolations of life, 8.4% up. TVs, 7.6%. Fruit, a little over 7%. Shoes, 6.5%. Fresh fish, very difficult for us Catholics on Fridays, 6.4% up. New cars, over 5% up. Milk, 5.6% up. Rent, 2.3% up. And gas. Here's the killer. With Biden inflation in full swing, gas is up 45.1%. Now, the inflation wouldn't matter if wages were rising as well. Are your wages up 45%? No. Are your wages up 5%? No. Are your wages up 2.5%? No, they're not. Wages 
have not gained since Biden became president. During the Trump administration, you had the first real wage gains in a very, very long time. And under Biden, that has completely stalled out. So obviously the Biden administration trying to downplay all of this. They, they told us, do you remember on the 4th of July, they said, you better thank Joe Biden this year. Oh yeah, things are so much better under Joe Biden. The cost of a 4th of July barbecue is down. It's down 16%. <laughs> so when you're buying your hot dogs and your hamburgers and your beer and your fireworks and your iced tea and your lawn chairs, don't, don't worry, actually celebrate. You've saved 16%. And then you got in your car and spent 45% more on gasoline. Or not 16%, you saved 16 cents and then you, you spent 45% more on gasoline. That's not great. Obviously, the conservative policies are working way, way better here. The proof of the pudding is in the tasting because from the liberal establishment, you are not going to hear that things are worse under uh, Joe Biden. You're going to occasionally a reporter will go out there and, and that's not great. That will not be echoed throughout the press. But look at what the businesses are doing. Disney is as woke a corporation as they get. However, Disney is also moving 2,000 jobs from California to Florida. Why? Because Florida has a climate that's conducive to business. Florida has a climate that's conducive to our constitutional rights. Florida lets people out in the open to walk around and go to church and go to their jobs and go to school and just live. And California does not. California is actually locking down again. Even if you're vaccinated, you've still got to wear the masks now. So Disney might talk a good game on wokeness, but when it comes down to brass tacks, they're going to move their jobs to Florida. Wall Street executives are moving their jobs from New York to Florida. Goldman Sachs, among, among other firms, are now looking at moving offices to the Sunshine State. You notice with this with DeSantis, too. Everyone will say DeSantis is doing a bad job. He's awful. We can't trust the numbers. He's terrible. Cuomo's so much better. But the behavior shows what they really think. This is why the establishment media are so furious at us. There is an article. This is my favorite article. This is truly my favorite article that I have seen in months. It's from NPR. Headline outrage as a business model. How Ben Shapiro is using Facebook to build an empire. I'll read you just the first paragraph or so here. In 2021, Ben Shapiro rules Facebook. The conservative podcast host and author's personal Facebook page has more followers than the Washington Post. And he drives an engagement machine unparalleled by anything else on the world's biggest social networking site, an NPR analysis of social media data found that over the past year, stories published by the site Shapiro founded, The Daily Wire, received more likes, shares, and comments on Facebook than any other news publisher by a wide margin. Even legacy news organizations that have broken major stories or produced groundbreaking ex- investigative work don't come anywhere close. <laughs> I'd like to translate this article for you if you want. If you want to know the subtext of this article, it's this. Headline. Wah! First paragraph. Wah! Wah! No! The Daily Wire is good at what they do. People want to read it. They don't trust us anymore, but they do trust Shapiro and Knowles and Clavin and Boring and Walsh. Wah! (laughs) I... Love it. So, first of all, they're ceding to us that we are way better at talking to people than they are. 
and they, they grant to us that people are more inclined to believe what we have to say than what they have to say and to engage in what we're talking about than what, what they're talking about. But here's what they, they say. It's outrage. And they go on and they cite a bunch of lib professors and things like that. And they say, they're monetizing outrage and hate and anger. So first of all, we don't. I think I actually think this is a rather reasonable, balanced program. <laughs> you know, we make fun of them, obviously, but we tell you exactly what point of view we're coming from. I like to think that we also present the best arguments from the other side and then explain why they're stupid arguments. But compared to CNN, compared to MSNBC, compared to the New York Times, I think we do way more of that. I think we are way more fair than any of those guys are. And by the way, they, generally speaking, won't even come out with their biases. CNN says, facts first. Facts, we're a banana. We're an apple banana. The New York Times, all the news that's fit to print. It's really all the news that fits the narrative. They say, oh, I'm so depressed by this. It's terrible. Wah, wah, wah. Are you telling me that CNN doesn't focus on outrage? CNN for the Trump presidency had a COVID death count that was constantly going. You don't really see that quite so much under the Biden administration. CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post would just make up stories. They would just make them up about Donald Trump colluding with the Ruskies. Remember that? They would sensationalize stories about Donald Trump with prostitutes in Moscow based on nothing, completely made up to gin up outrage. Daily Wire has never done anything like that. The Daily Wire does not monetize outrage anywhere in the same stratosphere as the New York Times and CNN and the Washington Post and NPR, apparently. And, and by the way, when we do focus on outrages, they are legitimate outrages, not totally cooked up, contrived nonsense. But NPR very upset. Why is the Daily Wire successful? Is it because we're so handsome and so wonderful and so great? I like to think so. But you know what You know what I actually think it is? And I say this with no false modesty. I think the reason that the Daily Wire is doing better in terms of engagement with real people is because the establishment media blew their credibility and they lied to the people and they lied, 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 lied. And eventually the people stopped paying attention. And then the Daily Wire has done our best to get it right. And, you know, sometimes we get it wrong, like everyone sometimes gets it wrong. But we haven't just lied and pushed a liberal establishment propaganda Pravda message down your throats constantly. And so people respond well to that, certainly on the right, but also in the middle and even some people who are on the left. That's what I think they're really, they're not upset at Ben Shapiro and they're not upset at the rest of us at the Daily Wire. If they are, it's misplaced. They should be upset with themselves for tarnishing their own credibility. The proof of this thesis, the proof that I'm right about this, is that outside of the media, in elected politics, Democrats in rural areas are not even acknowledging that they're Democrats anymore. Which would make sense to me. You know, the the old days where the Democratic Party was more moderate and patriotic are gone. Okay, we've got a very polarized time right now. If you want to remember the good old days, one thing I would suggest, paint your life. I am so impressed with paintyourlife.com. I can't believe it. When I first heard about them, they decided to come onto the podcast. They said, it's a very simple process. You send in a photo or multiple photos, a world-class artist will create an actual painting. I prefer the, the oil paintings, but there are other kinds too. From those photos, you get to work with them the whole way. You get to approve the proofs and everything, and then you get it. And I thought, you know, I bet it's just not going to be that good. So what did I do? The first time I tried it, I gave one to my stepbrother. I said, I wanted to see because if it wasn't any good, then he would have to put it on his wall. And then I got it and it was gorgeous. It was so incredibly impressive. It was very inexpensive. So you know what I did for the second one? 
That one went to me and I've got it hanging in my living room and it's just so beautiful. It can be of a loved one, of a favorite place, of a pet. It's just anything you want. At paintyourlife.com, there is no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed, but you're going to love it. Right now, as a limited offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That is 20% off and free shipping. To get that special offer, text MICHAEL to 64000. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Text MICHAEL to 64000. The Democratic Party knows that as a matter of popularity, right now, it is losing. Okay? I don't think there's any, any two ways around that. They might still win elections and they might still dominate the media because they have they got rid of a lot of election integrity measures and they dominate the institutions that exist. But as a matter of popularity, I think they know they're losing. The proof of this is Democrats in rural areas are running away from the Democratic Party. There, was, uh, there, there are a number of candidates in Ohio and elsewhere who in one-minute, two-minute, even three-minute campaign ads will never mention that they are Democrats. This according to a report from Axios. This is because Democrats in the House right now have a very, very thin majority. And the polling looks absolutely devastating for them in 2022. So people ask me, I was actually just speaking to a congresswoman friend of mine here at TPUSA. I said, how are you guys feeling about 2022? She said, everyone in Congress, everyone in politics thinks that the the Republicans are going to crush it in 2022. Now, my only caveat to this is, if we don't resolve the election issues, the use of widespread mail-ins, the failure to clean up the voter rolls and purge people who are not eligible to vote, the motor voter laws and the ballot harvesting, and the list goes on and on and on, then I'm not so sure that Republicans are going to do great in 2022. I think in order to do really well in 2022, we need to be able to rely on the integrity of our elections. And increasingly, we can't do that because last cycle, the Democrats got rid of some of the most important election integrity measures. And then this cycle, Republicans are trying to put them back in place. The measures that we had in most places, even three years ago, and and Democrats rather are saying, this is a return to Jim Crow. This is awful. They're trying to federalize the elections to make permanent the radical changes they made with COVID as the excuse. So that, that kind of makes me worry. However, it just shows you something we've been talking about for a long time, which is the disparity between ordinary Americans, the people, and the ruling class. This is a, a frequent rhetorical tool that is used by both parties, you know, where they, they talk about the elites and the regular people. But I, I, I want to be clear here. I'm not just using some cheap rhetorical trick on issues that are very, very important. The vast majority of Americans are on one side of the issue and the ruling class is on the other. I look at immigration. The vast majority of Americans wants to reduce immigration. The majority of Americans wants to reduce even legal immigration. But certainly when you get to illegal immigration, it isn't even close. And yet the ruling class, mostly Democrats, but some, some Republicans as well, the Chamber of Commerce type of Republicans, they don't want to do anything about it. On the issue of voter ID, the vast majority of Americans support voter ID. The ruling class does not support voter ID. There are a number of other issues like this. Radical gender theory. The vast majority of Americans don't want to cram radical gender theory down everybody's throats. The ruling class does. On the critical race theory stuff, 
the vast majority of Americans don't want this in their schools. The ruling class clearly does. So there's a huge disparity here between the people and the elites who control the institutions. And so I think they know that they're losing as a matter of popularity. The only question is, have they wrested enough power from the American people that that will not matter? Speaking of regimes that have taken too much power from the people, Cuba continues to find itself in turmoil because the people are protesting the communist regime that has existed there for 60 years. And AOC refuses to go hard against the regime. Actually, another Washington Post reporter, again, every so often you'll get one or two from WAPO or New York Times or somewhere else who report the news as they see it. This is not now the position of the editorial boards of those papers. It's not not the opinion. This is not the strategy that is generally pursued by the papers anymore, but still every once in a while you get a good reporter. So a reporter from the Washington Post said the quiet part out loud. He said that AOC will not attack the communist regime because broadly she agrees with it. We're just talking about how progressives are really happy about all of the things in the infrastructure bill. They are really being led in many ways by the progressive wing of their party. And the progressive wing of of the Democratic Party does not want to go hard uh, against Cuba, against um, some of the things that uh, the Castro regime may have been a part of, in part because there are some Democrats, there are some progressives who, who uh, agree with some of those things. They agree with universal health care. They agree with some of the programs that were in place in a more socialist kind of uh, society. This is obviously true. AOC in particular identifies as a socialist. She identifies with the ideology of, or the very near ideology, of the dominant regime in Cuba. This is true of a number of other Democrat members of Congress. And the American left broadly has never apologized for its support of communism. Its overt support of communism in the papers and in the government and in on the campaign trail, which went on for about 100 years. The American left has never apologized for supporting the Soviet Union, for instance. Actually, what they did is last election cycle, as we saw, they just accused the Republicans of colluding with Russia. The Democrats colluded with Russia for a hundred years, but then they started accusing the Republicans of colluding with Russia. Colluding with Russia were a problem. Most prominent Democrats from the 20th century would be in prison. Now, AOC won't totally admit this. The, The American left won't totally admit it. They'll just remain silent. We played those clips from Bernie Sanders yesterday. Bernie Sanders has been a huge supporter of the Castro regime in Cuba and of communists elsewhere. He did his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. And he's just remained basically silent on the Cuba issue because he knows that the the reality of the situation is contradicting his crazy theories. Even beyond this very abstract idea of communism and free markets and things like that, look at what's going on on the ground. Right now, around our country, crime is going through the roof. Not just shootings, not just murders, which are way, way up in places like Chicago. But look over in D.C., just just carjackings are up. And they're not up a little bit. (laughs) You see those inflation numbers and you say, wow, 87.7% up on car rentals, 45% up on gas. That's not just a little bit. Well, carjackings are up in D.C., not 5%, not 10%. They're up 74% year over year. There are... People now who are calling for bait cars to be placed to finally lure some of these criminals in. Uh, They just had a press conference with the police in D.C. to figure out how to in any way impede this this huge spike in crime. Chief, I want to ask you real quick about the recent um, carjackings. Why are you not using bait cars to catch 
um, carjackers. We used one a couple years ago and with your officer's help actually caught two suspects and prosecuted. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that point up. Uh, the, over the last couple of hours, uh, over the, the, yeah, the last couple of hours, the last 12 hours, we had a significant uh, a spree of, uh, car, of, of uh, robberies that have occurred uh, across our city. Uh, I'm happy to report uh, within the last hour uh, we located the, the vehicle. Uh, we didn't need a bait car uh, to necessarily do that. We do deploy bait cars at times. Uh, most recently in the second district uh, they use it, but we want to make sure that the tactic uh, certainly works for uh, the specific crime that we happen to be targeting at, a, at that particular time. Well, now we didn't have to use a bait car because the guy stole someone's car. <laughs> So we didn't have to do that. We want to make sure the tactics are calibrated to the communities. And I I have great sympathy for this guy because the reason you've got 74% increase in carjackings, the reason you've got 50% increase in shootings and murders in Chicago, it's not complicated. It's not because of just natural fluxes organically. It's because the Democrats spent well over a year saying we need to abolish the police. And we need to defund the police. And then they actually did defund the police in a lot of places. And then they threw a bunch of police officers in prison for just doing their jobs. And now cops are walking off the job and cops are more timid and the departments are underfunded. That's why. That's why. It's not complicated, folks. The genius egghead analysts at the New York Times and the Washington Post, they're going to blame all sorts. They're going to blame white supremacy. They're going to blame the patriarchy. They're going to probably blame Trump. They're going to blame every, they're going to blame the abstract fluxes of history, but they're not going to blame what every ordinary American knows. Namely, if you incentivize crime and you punish law enforcement, you're going to get more crime and you're going to get less law enforcement. They're learning, and I suppose the American people always sort of knew this, but what the liberal establishment, I guess, is seeing right now with the inflation, with the crime, with the pushback against their policies is that eventually the bill comes due. There is no such thing as a free lunch. Eventually, you've got to pay. So you print money and you print money and you print money and you give people a bunch of money for free and you tell them to stay in their homes and not to do anything. You know what happens? You get inflation. That's what happens. You get criminals burning down the country for a year and you punish the people who are trying to stop them from doing that and you let the ones who do that off the hook. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get more crime. You're going to get more people burning stuff down. You're getting actually in America's hat right now in Canada, you're getting more and more churches being burned to the ground and there's no enforcement. So you know what you're going to you're gonna get more of that. I do not support a view of politics that is primarily economic. I'm, I'm with Edmund Burke. The age of chivalry is gone. That of sophisters, economists, and calculators has succeeded it and the glory of Europe is extinguished forever. I don't want egghead politics. But there are some basic economic lessons here. It's really just basic lessons of human nature. If you want more of something, incentivize it. If you want less of something, punish it carjackings way up. How about COVID? You notice places where COVID is spiking tend to have a lot of one group of people, one group of people that are not supposed to be in this country, one group of people who by definition are breaking the laws. The illegal immigration problem, this show, the illegal immigration problem shows you what a farce the COVID lockdowns have been. Because we are told that if we leave our homes without 20 masks and 15 jabs of an experimental drug, then we're killing everybody. And yet, we have already let 1 million foreign nationals, very few of whom have been tested for COVID, into our country this year. So you can't go to school 
but you can come from Guatemala and just go anywhere and we have no idea where you are. That is not serious. That is going to tarnish your credibility. People are not going to believe you anymore. And that ain't Ben Shapiro's fault and that ain't the Daily Wire's fault. That is the fault of the liberal establishment. You know, Senator Cruz is really, really good on this issue. And I have to wonder if it's because of his very impressive beard. If you want that really gruff, Texan, manly Cruz beard, well, you know, that doesn't just happen, okay? You don't just wake up and say, boom, there it is. No, you've got to do it the right way. You need some beard oils. You need some soap. You need some beard shears and beard balm. You need beard supply. If you're going to grow a beard, head on over to beardsupply.com for a limited time. Only you can buy one beard oil product and get another one for free. What a great deal. Head on over to our friends at beardsupply.com today. Order yourself two beard oils for the price of one. You can mix and match different scents or stock up on the old classic, their bestseller, winter number one. Oh, how rough, how manly. Whatever you choose, make sure you choose Beard Supply for a limited time only right now. Go to beardsupply.com and buy one beard oil, get another one free, and then you can compare yourself to that gruff Texan, Ted Cruz. Now, we've got a lot of news for you. The, the irony, I think, maybe not the irony, I guess it's just the coincidence. It's probably the cause of the article. The NPR comes out and attacks us on the very day that we launched a direct challenger to NPR, which is called The Morning Wire, hosted by Daily Wire editor-in-chief John Bickley and, and his co-host Georgia Howe. Morning Wire, very quickly, will just give you the facts. We'll give you right in the morning the most important news developments, set your news cycle for the day, tell you what matters and why it matters. Go check it out right now. You can subscribe to Morning Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, MySpace, Zanga, LiveJournal, AOL Instant Messenger, anywhere you get your podcasts. Also, Ben Shapiro's new book is hitting bookshelves next Tuesday, July 27th. Very, very important that you order my book, Speechless, before that happens. And then you can pre-order Ben's book, The Authoritarian Moment, which is really, really important because that will be my campaign slogan in some years. So make sure you get it. That way, when I run for office, you can cut out the front flap and you can put it on your t-shirt and you can say, Knowles 2028, The Authoritarian Moment. You can head on over right now to get a signed copy of Ben's book at dailywire.com slash Ben, you will be asked to type a question in at checkout that you want him to answer during his live signing. Head on over to dailywire.com slash Ben. We'll be right back with a lot more. You will hear from the establishment media that there's a spike in coronavirus cases in Texas. Now, remember, by the way, when Texas ended its mask mandate many months ago, we were told there's going to be a huge spike in cases, in deaths. Beto O'Rourke said this will be a death sentence for Texans. And then that didn't happen. Texas was actually doing better than anybody. So in the period of time where you would have expected COVID to spike, it didn't happen. But now COVID apparently is spiking in Texas. Senator Cruz, the senator from Texas, has a crazy, wild conspiracy theory on what that might be that the establishment media doesn't want to tell you. 
You're packing children into cages with a lot of them having COVID and more of them getting COVID. And the Biden administration is ignoring the law and releasing into our communities people that have COVID, most of whom are coming across this border who are not vaccinated. And right now, Biden is talking about ending Title 42, which is the health protection that says we're not going to release people carrying potentially communicable diseases. So yes, you better believe the rising COVID rates are due in significant part to illegal aliens that the Biden administration is releasing in Texas that have COVID rates seven times higher than the U.S. population. And we need to stop being boneheaded and ignoring the science, which is what the Biden administration is doing. Well, of course that's true. I mean, if, if you've got COVID cases spiking a, a few weeks after you had... Um, 188,000 illegal aliens pour across the border. These are insane record numbers. We're halfway through the year and you've had a million illegal aliens come in already, but you had a huge, huge spike in June. And then a few weeks later, you get a spike in COVID cases. No surprise. This shows you though, that the COVID madness and the vaccine madness and the lockdowns and the Delta and the Lambda and the Phi Beta Kappa and and the mask mandates are less about the virus less about the public health, and much more about the imposition of the rules. This was an observation that Angelo Cotevilla made about political correctness. Angelo from the Claremont Institute. He said that political correctness is less about the words that you need to use and more about the imposition of the words and who gets to impose those words. The same thing is true of COVID. If, if COVID were really the greatest threat in the entire world that everyone tells us it is, the liberal establishment that's pushing that narrative would, would shut down the border. But they're not shutting down the border. They're actually encouraging people to come because COVID is not nearly as great a risk as they pretend that it is. The, the only uh, really grave risk it poses at the national level is to our traditional political order. But Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, is, do you know what's so funny? I have to take a pause here. I was at TPUSA yesterday. Charlie Kirk really knows how to put on a great show because this was thousands and thousands of young conservatives packed into the room. You walk out, it's pyrotechnics, and it's really an impressive show. And so I give my speech. You can catch that speech online. And then we're taking questions from the audience. And one of the questions was, Michael, can you do a Dr. Fauci impression? So I rattled off a bit of a Fauci impression, got a standing ovation. And I thought, this is the only time ever that conservatives are going to give a standing ovation to Dr. Fauci because they're not applauding Dr. Fauci. They're applauding us making fun of Dr. Fauci because the man has, has just made himself into a joke, into a punchline, into a farce. The way that he changes his directives by the hour, not because the science has changed, but because the politics has changed. The way that he is so sanctimonious, the way that he is so fear-mongering, the way that he has, has been caught in, in open lies to, to us. Well, now Dr. Fauci is going out there and he is, he is assenting to the idea that if Fox News, that's the stand-in for conservative media, if Fox News existed many, many moons ago, why we went, never would have eradicated smallpox. Do you think we could have eradicated polio or defeated the measles uh, if you had uh, Fox News night after night uh, warning people about these uh, vaccine uh, issues that are just, uh, you know, bunk? Well, that is a very good point, Jim. If you look at the extraordinary historic success in eradicating smallpox and eliminating polio from most of the world, and we're on the brink 
of eradicating polio, if we had had the pushback for vaccines the way we're seeing on certain media, uh, I don't think it would have been possible at all to not only eradicate smallpox, we probably would still have smallpox and we probably would still have polio in this country if we had the kind of false information that's being spread now. If we had that back decades ago, I would be certain that we'd still have polio in this country. The most prominent spreader of false information in the United States right now is Dr. Fauci. Don't wear the mask. Wear the mask. We'll, we won't get a vaccine. We got a vaccine. It won't be that effective. It's very effective. It up and down and left and right and wear the mask, sheep. Wear the mask. What Dr. Fauci says, and he wants to keep sort of more neutral tones, so he lets Acosta do this dirty work for him, right? You get, you get the liberal news anchor who says, if we had Fox News, do you think that would have, that would have uh, permitted us to eradicate bad diseases? Well, uh, no, I don't. And, and actually, even worse diseases we'd probably still have. So Fauci won't name Fox News. Fauci talks about misinformation, which he's using as a synonym for Fox News, which he's using as a symbol of all of the conservative media. But you know what? People believe the conservative media. Most notably of all, they believe the Daily Wire and they engage with the Daily Wire, not because we're such special guys. I like to think we're very special guys but because the other outlets have beclowned themselves and have lied. And so now they're, ta- they're looking to us. And Fauci is very upset about that. Well, Fauci, if you wanted people to listen to you, you know what you could have done? Not lied to them for a year. 15 days to slow this spread. <laughs> oh, those stupid idiots. <laughs> they, those people wearing the masks. They think 15. <laughs> and then what's he doing? 15 months later, he's just 15 more days. <laughs> Believe old Dr. Fauci. Why won't they believe me anymore? Because <laughs> you lie to them. That's why. That's why they don't believe you. The liberal establishment does not have a ton of credibility on biology at the moment, actually. The International Olympic Committee has uh, just made a final decision on whether or not giant hulking dudes should be permitted to compete against women at, at tests of brute strength. <laughs> In an earlier time, this would not have been a difficult question, but now it is a difficult question. So there is a New Zealand weightlifter, fella by the name of Laurel Hubbard. I don't, I don't know his real name, but he now goes by Laurel. And he uh, was a, a male weightlifter who competed against other men, and he didn't do very well there. And then he transitioned to make himself look more like a woman. Now he competes against women, and he beats them all the time. So the question was, is this fella permitted to, to compete against women? The IOC says, absolutely. He became the first transgender woman, also known as a man, to qualify for the Olympics at 43 years old. He qualified in the 87 kilogram category. I don't know how much that is because I'm an American and I use real measurements, but (laughs) everything's trans now. You know, the genders, the weight measurements. Uh, He already received support about competing as a woman in the competitions. But the the president of the IOC reiterated this, gave a final decision on Saturday. So what that means is the women's weightlifting competition doesn't mean anything anymore. Because if a woman's weightlifting competition is going to mean anything, it has to be for women. So if men can compete in that, it's no longer the women's weightlifting competition. And the egghead geniuses 
all the all our benevolent betters, they all are applauding this. There's about seven of those people in the country. <laughs> no, it's more than that, but there aren't very many of them. Whereas the majority of, not just the American people, but the majority of the people in New Zealand, the majority of people around the world are looking at this, not just with their eyebrows cocked, but looking at this like the president of the IOC and every other liberal egghead who's pro-transgenderism has lost their minds. Because they obviously have lost their minds. No one believes this stuff. And yet, because the elites, just by definition, I guess, have this sort of power, because the radicals have attained positions of power, they can push it through, even over the objections of the majority of people. And this logic of transgenderism is leading to something that is really, to my mind, absolutely disgusting. This is leading to calls among prominent Senate Democrats to force women to register for the draft. This story is not getting a lot of coverage. Politico did, did just uh, report on it, though. Senate Democrats are proposing a sweeping rewrite of the military draft laws to require women to register for the selective service system, according to a draft, a draft of the report, authored by Senate Armed Services Chairman Jack Reed, which was obtained by Politico. This would be attached to the National Defense Authorization Act, a defense policy bill that is one of the few pieces that is considered a must-pass by Congress. So they're going to try to ram it in to some legislation that Congress is just going to have to pass so that they can get this through. I do not want to live in a country that requires women to fight our wars for us. I don't want to live in that country. It's just wrong. Now, I see how we got to this point. A lot of people are going to say, well, this is just too far, or this is crazy, or this is... But no, this is the logic of the last 50 years. The logic of second wave feminism, or I'm sorry, the premise of second wave feminism, is that women and men are basically the same. Sure, they look a little different, but hey, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, as Gloria Steinem said. The differences between men and women are purely superficial. Women can do anything men can do, and how dare you say otherwise. Well, okay, if that's true, if men and women are basically exactly the same, then surely the homosexual rights movement, as it was once called, is going to go through. No, well, of course, because men and women are exactly the same. Surely the redefinition of marriage, which was the, the apotheosis of that movement, has to go through because men and women are exactly the same. So if, if men and women are the same, then your argument that marriage is the union between one man and one woman falls apart. Because men and women are the same. So then I guess it could be the union of one man and one man or one woman and one woman. And if that's true, then the logic of transgenderism has to hold. Because if men and women are basically the same, then Bruce Jenner certainly can become Caitlyn. Because those differences are just superficial. Get a little nip tuck here, throw on some stilettos and a little bit of lipstick, and there you have it. Bruce is Caitlyn. And frankly, he didn't even need to do that. He could have just said he's a woman, as, as many people do now, and that would have been perfectly fine. And if men and women are exactly the same, then of course women need to register for the draft. It would be unfair, it would be unjust if only men registered for selective service. And the problem with all of that is it's all false. It's based on a false premise. Men and women are different. This is the fundamental distinction in human nature. Men and women are not identical. They are complementary. They go together. Like love and marriage, like horse and carriage. You can't have one without the other in, in society. So you're going to hear two arguments on this from the right. 
you're going to hear, and I'm just talking about people who oppose women registering for the draft. You're going to hear two kinds of arguments. One is the egghead arguments. They're going to tell you, well, actually, you know, uh, if you look at certain uh, statistics and if you look at um, the levels of testosterone and the way that the, uh, and the bones and the, this and the development, then uh, actually women are not quite uh, suited for the draft and blah, 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 blah. Fine. Uh, you know, I'm willing to take any argument that persuades anybody, but that to me is not the real argument. I don't even care if some other egghead on the other side could prove that women actually do have the same bone density and the same kind of muscle mass. And actually, they're just as competent in the field. And that I don't care. I don't want to live in that country. Going back to the Edmund Burke quote, when he lamented during the French Revolution that the age of chivalry is gone and that of sophisters, economists, and calculators has succeeded it and the glory of Europe is extinguished forever. I don't want to live in the world of sophisters, economists, and calculators. I don't care if you can prove to me that by measuring testosterone and bone density or any other physical feature that men and women are very, very similar. Men and women are different. And a country in, that sends its women to fight its wars is an ugly, unchivalrous, uncivilized country. I want to live in a country where men go fight the wars to protect the women where we have a real complementarity of the sexes, where we actually work together and care for one another, and we don't just all pretend that we're all exactly the same. Speaking of castration, just talking about men pretending to be women, now we can talk about men who have been emasculated in, in more subtle ways. Prince Harry. Prince Harry is now set to write a memoir about his decision to be led around on a leash by his wife. Very sad for poor Harry. He will release a, quote, wholly truthful memoir about his life in the royal family and his Mexit escape to the United States with Meghan Markle. This, according to the New York Post's page six, which says that Prince Harry's autobiography, first draft of which is nearly complete, is expected to be explosive and that he will be retelling his life story, quote, not as the prince I was born, but as the man I have become. So pathetic. So pathetic. So womanish. Not womanly. When a woman behaves like a woman, that's womanly. When a man behaves like a woman, that's womanish. Is, is nothing sacred anymore? Why is he doing this? He, he said that he was leaving the royal family to live a private life. And we all knew that was ridiculous. We all knew that Meghan Markle, who has begged for attention her entire life and who is an actress and who sought after and married a prince and then she didn't like having to actually do things and, and fulfill duties and obligations. So then she made a bigger spectacle of herself by pulling the prince away from his family. And now she still takes every opportunity to go on Oprah and to make a big deal about herself. Obviously, they don't want to live a private life. They want to live a very public life without any duty and without any obligation, without any loyalty to their country, to their family, to the British people. And so now he's writing a tell-all to drag the attention party on a little bit longer and to trash his family. This is really ugly stuff. Really, really ugly stuff. But it's a symbol of broader political decay. It, the reason that the, the revolutionaries in our culture, the radicals, always want to go after the family is because the family is the fundamental political institution. If you can upend that, you can upend everything. 
That has successfully happened in the United Kingdom. Hope it doesn't happen here. But speaking of men being led astray by women, and speaking of the International Olympic Committee, they are actually doing one thing that is pretty conservative, one thing that is pretty virtuous. The Olympic Committee has decided that the Olympians are not going to get regular beds when they go to Olympic Village. They are going to sleep on beds made of cardboard. Why would they be doing this? They're doing this because every year the Olympians have a ton of sex with each other. <laughs> and they have, there's always a story about how they've run out of condoms within a few days. There's always a story about how venereal disease is running rampant. And I get why. You've got a bunch of young people who are extremely hot and extremely athletic being brought together from all over the world in this weird sort of summer camp. And that sort of thing is just going to happen, especially in a culture that has pretty loose, loose uh, <laughs> rules about this stuff. So the Olympic Committee doesn't want this to happen, especially with COVID-19. Forget about syphilis. Forget about chlamydia. They're worried about COVID-19. So they're putting them on cardboard beds, which are, quote, allegedly designed to collapse under the weight of fornicators to discourage sex among amid COVID-19. They've got 18,000 of these cardboard beds. You know, this is actually something that we could learn from. We all, very often we spend our time trashing the international organizations on this show that enforce the dominant liberal regime. But this is something actually we, we might be able to learn from. Maybe they should put these in college dorms. <laughs> you know, nice cardboard beds that the minute you get two people on them, they collapse under the weight of that. That might be one good way to encourage better, better behavior than people engage in there. Speaking of fornication, too, I have to get to this story. There is evidence from that, that Peter Schweitzer, who's a very good conservative investigative journalist, that he has discovered, going back to an older New York Post story regarding Hunter Biden's laptop, that Hunter Biden was getting all these sweetheart deals and committing all sorts of crimes. There was the allegation based on Hunter Biden's messages that Joe Biden benefited directly from that. Now Peter Schweitzer says he has nailed down evidence that shows Joe Biden directly benefited from Hunter Biden's corruption overseas. If you remember, uh, the, the Bidens from the beginning have lied and shifted the goalposts. At first, remember, they said, no, there are no foreign deals with the Chinese. That's all fake news. But then when it turned out that, of course, those deals were real, we show that they were real, they said, well, you know, Joe Biden had no knowledge of those deals. When we showed that Joe Biden had knowledge of those deals, it shifted to, well, he never discussed it with his son. Then when we showed that he discussed it with his son, they shifted to, well, he never directly benefited. Uh, what we see from the Hunter Biden laptop, and uh, we do have a copy, uh, by the way, here at GAI uh, of the laptop and all the files. Uh, it confirms that Joe Biden was a direct beneficiary. We're in the middle of the investigation now, but by the end of the year, um, it will be completed and, and it will it will take on a far more sinister tone than it has even now in terms of what it says about the Biden family and the vulnerabilities of the Biden family. Uh, it's that bad. So this is pretty explosive stuff. It, if it were just about any other journalist on the right who does these sorts of things, I would say, eh, I don't know, I'm going to hold off. I'm not totally, totally bought into that yet. But Schweitzer's pretty good. And so if he, if he says he's got the goods, then we will await that. I'm not surprised at all. The Biden, Biden family has been 
a, a machine family now for a long time. I mean, this guy's been an institution in the Democratic Party for 50 years. There's been a lot of evidence of, of shady deals. He survived in Washington a very long time. So not surprised to see that sort of thing. Speaking of foreign policy, we don't have time to get to it today. But I have to mention at least that uh, General Petraeus is now criticizing the quote-unquote hasty decision to withdraw from Afghanistan. We've been in Afghanistan now for 20 years, but this is considered hasty. This is, this is a war that the American people do not want to be fighting anymore. We don't know what the purpose of this war is. We, we've been told lots of different things about the purpose of this war, and it's just not, it's just not working out, is it? Just more evidence that on this front, on the inflation front, on the media front, on all of this, eventually the bill is going to come due, okay? And if you, if you mislead the people and if you stonewall the people and if you gaslight the people for long enough, they're going to stop believing you. They're going to turn to other people. That's not the fault of those other people like those of us here at Daily Wire. That's not the fault of the people themselves. That's your fault for lying. And now you got to pay the price. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Bory. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. John Bickley here, editor-in-chief of The Daily Wire. Wake up every morning with our new show, Morning Wire. On today's episode... The Biden administration links China to a massive cyber attack. Democrats move to open the door for government-funded abortion. And inflation rises at the fastest rates in decades. Join us and get the facts first on the news you need to know. With our show, Morning Wire.